Hello and welcome to the Storytelling with Parker podcast. We will, as always, start with a story. I think there's quite a few elements to my to my story, um, but one, I mean, how I even got into filmmaking was was because of a story. You know, I was debating about whether to go in to do computer animation or whether to go to do filmmaking. I was toying between the two. I actually wasn't seeing a film. I can't remember what the film is called now, but I remember seeing a film. Um, it's about a lady's story and the challenges that she had and how she overcame it as a single kind of parent. But that really touched me. It really, it really had an impact on me. And I thought, you know what? I, I want to tell stories. I, I, want to, I want to use video to do that. And so I went to university to, to study that. And that was a real turning point for me because I didn't really find school easy myself. I didn't really you know, know really, um, you know, I wasn't like an A student or a B grade student. I didn't find school easy at all. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me a little bit more about your time at school. So you said you, you weren't getting the A's and B's in terms yeah, of grades. Yeah. Do you have any idea of the reasons behind that, where the struggles were coming from? Or Yeah, um, I think part of it is because some of it was like a lack of, <laughs> lack of interest. In, okay, in that's fair enough. <laughs> Bored, boredom, right? Yeah, lack yeah. of interest in some of those things. And also I didn't find it writing easy. And I didn't, I didn't really enjoy, you know, made, spelling wasn't very great. Um, you know, art wasn't really good at drawing. You know, I liked thinking up ideas and all that sort of stuff, but I couldn't really draw to save my life. <laughs> and so... I know that feeling like I'm like It was all those kind of things, you know. It was finding those things quite hard. Um, so it's hard to, I find it hard to do it and also find it hard to engage with what the actual, how, they, how they're doing it, you know. I mean, that's why, for example, I mean, by later on in life, I ended up working in a school myself mm-hmm. and we're working with quite challenging children. And what we used to do we would actually, for example, if the child had an interest in, in football, we would change everything to, to be about football. All right, let's write a story about, you know, your favourite football player. The kid is engaged, gets the work done, you know. Or if he's into Sonic the Hedgehog, all right, let's write a story about Sonic the Hedgehog. He gets the work done, you know. Um, and so I just I wish I, had, I wish I had that in some ways being tailored a bit more towards what maybe I was interested in, you know. It was it too much kind of of a broad outlook from the school and the teachers? And this is this is not an attack in any way, shape, or form. By the way, on teachers, I think they've got such a hard job. But when you have, I don't know what it was like for you in your school, but I know in in, in my school, um, they they I was in classes with thirty plus kids a lot of yeah. the time. When you have that many kids to look after, it can sometimes be really hard to tailor the teaching. But it means that a lot of people miss out. But was that what was happening? Was it was it kind of a broad a broad way of teaching and not giving you enough focus and enough of their time? Uh, yeah, I just think I just maybe didn't didn't really engage that well. And uh, yeah, all of us are learning the same thing. So that's that's probably what I find it quite quite a struggle. I, looking back, actually, when I think about how I learned, really, is I learned by projects. <laughs> I learned really by saying, you know what. Um, uh, maybe we've got a project idea. Maybe we've got a task that we want to do, uh-huh. and, and we can work towards creating that particular project. I like I like an outcome. You know, often when I'm yeah, writing yeah, an essay yeah. or doing a list of sums, all right? Well, what now? What are we going to do with it? It didn't really spark me. But if I had maybe a project like, so you know, what, so I want you to maybe do these sums because we're actually going to be designing a, some sort of robot, <laughs> or we're going to be we need to work out a budget 
for some sort of project that we're going to be doing. You know, it, I like knowing that we've got this sort of end goal at the end. You know, that's that's what I realize how I feel. That's why I like filmmaking because I can read up loads of books mm. and work really hard. And at the end, I've got a film to show for it. You're listening to Storytelling with Puck, the podcast designed to show the power of stories in life and in business. Stories connect us on a deeper level, which is why we'll be sharing, chatting about and feeling the impact they have on every one of us. Your host, Stefano, is the founder of Puck Creations, and we work with your business to define a clear, consistent, relevant brand which stands out from the crowd. We use that brand to create content that makes your audience think, feel and take action. Visit puckcreations.com to find out more. Before you do that, let's make something clear. Video didn't kill the radio star, it just captured their story, which is exactly what today's guest, Timothy Mason, does for his clients. Let's jump back into Tim's story. Yeah, that, re- that makes so much sense. And also, I think you've, you've hit something really powerful and important that, that I, I, I notice quite a lot is I believe there are a lot of kids... Um, who are a lot of them who have now become adults who are missing out on a, a good education because um, it's this whole one size fits all approach to teaching, which is perfect for some kids. This, yeah. this approach is perfect for some kids, but I, I, I do think there's a bit of a lack of a balance where there's, there's so many um, people like you who learn like you do. I know there are certain subjects which when I was at school, I had no interest in at all. And part of that was because of the way they were being taught. It was very much learning things by um, rote. And I didn't mind that for things like maths. I actually quite enjoyed it. But when it came to learning languages by rote, it just didn't click at all. I was like, well, how do you learn a language by rote? I now am passionate about languages and just can't stop wanting to learn. I'm constantly literally using Duolingo every day. And uh, I have different methods as well for learning languages. And I'm constantly looking into the etymology of languages. But this is now all because I've got ways of learning which have engaged with me and inspired me but i would never have had that um at school because they didn't teach that way and again this wasn't the teacher's fault it was the way they were told to teach so i think you've you've hit something really important there um but i guess another question and something that people focus on quite a lot of school and and, uh, i'm never sure how much of an effect this this has um but there's, there's been a lot of research into it what what was what was the rest of your life like? What was kind of outside of the school itself or outside of the learning part of school? What was the, kind of the social aspect like? And... Yeah, I mean, I was a, the most sort of loud kid in the class, quite quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. The police do way quite quiet, a lot of people would say. Um, but yeah, I just had a close-knit group of friends. Oh, nice. um, and then, yeah, we'd just, just get on, just, you know, ride our bikes, play football, you know, hang out, that kind of thing. So that's, that's cool. yeah, that's, that's it. It was. Yeah. You had um, that good core help, I guess, to kind of yeah. get through. So there was there, there weren't problems on that side. It was purely on the academic side that you kind of struggled with. And then... Yeah, just certain things. Yeah, just finding it. That, yeah, that that just yeah, finding it hard. And so, 
from there, then you uh, then said that you were you were watching a particular film, and that film had a, a, a powerful story in it, and it made you wanted to go and learn more. And interestingly enough, you then had a bit of a project, um, something that you wanted a cause that you wanted to uh, to be able to to overcome. Um, and so once you had that in mind, you went off to university. You realised that you wanted to tell stories. But what did you go to university? What did you actually study? What what, what subjects were you studying? In media, media production. Okay, and so in media production, um, I don't know a lot about that subject. What do you? What did it? What are they focusing on? What are they trying to teach you? Is it more technical, or do they also focus on stories? Um, no, it was it was broad. Media production it includes journalism, advertising, uh, photography. So, but I, I documentary making, filmmaking. So I focused on obviously filmmaking. So I focused on script writing and directing. Because at the time, I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to aim to be a big, big film director next to Steven Spielberg. That's what, that's what <laughs> you still I'm... can. There's, there's loads of time left. <laughs> loads of time left to. Yeah, yeah. But that changed anyway. I mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, that was my real focus. Um, but then, and so I started to work really, really hard, read lots of books. You know, even my mum was sort of changing me. She was like, if I, if I knew you were going to be like this, I would have seen you to, I would have seen you to university years ago. So I really just began to work really hard, read books. Write every day. I was writing, working on the script every day. I was getting up and just writing in the morning. And, um, but yeah, but actually, during about, I mean, during the time at university, I mean, you know, the whole culture of university, a lot of it's around drinking or raving, partying. <laughs> yeah. That's university life. But I, I got a bit dissatisfied with it already, got a bit unhappy with that, living that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought there must be more to what I'm doing. Um, I know I'm getting education, you know. But I, I must be more, and actually, I actually ended up becoming a Christian. Um, okay, and that, and that was a real, and that was another turning point. So, just to be clear, before before you were at university, were you religious at all? Did you have um, um, any yeah, religious? I grew, up, I grew up going to church and so on, but I never had any sort of relationship. I didn't even know if, whether God, God existed or not. Okay, um, but when I got became Christian, I realised actually that that God was real, and and then that really turned things around for me. To the point where I actually changed my whole career. I didn't no longer want to be a big, big film director. But so to me, it's actually about people. It's about actually investing in people. And so I actually thought, well, who can I invest in? Well, the most vulnerable people are, I think, children and young people. So then I ended up working in a, um, trying to do youth work. But with youth work, you need a youth work degree, they said, to, to be a full time youth worker. And so I ended up leaving that I didn't want to go back to university again. <laughs> so I ended up, ended up leaving that and actually becoming a, actually going into primary school teaching. Oh, so wow. Yeah, I'm on a PGC course for that. But same again. So what, tell me a little bit more about that. How was <laughs> how, 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 how long were you there? And, and and considering what we just talked about in terms of uh, you know trying to engage yeah, yeah. Um, kids in different ways and I guess it's slightly different at primary school but again there's still lots of individual needs how, how did you approach it and, and, and where did it go yeah so, um, basically I, I ended up because basically someone suggested me why don't you try and do because I couldn't do teach media because I never had no TV or film industry experience I just come out of uni so my, my brother actually said to me why don't you try and do primary my brother's a teacher, I said, why don't you go and do primary teaching? You don't, you just need a degree, you know? So I went in to do the PGC course, but I found it very hard. I didn't have much experience in teaching before that. Didn't really enjoy it as well because there's a lot of pressure, <laughs> yeah. a, lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of paperwork, and actually very little time really 
I felt really actually spending time with the children and, and encouraging them. So I ended up uh, leaving that and actually working in a, a school um, because the whole idea was for me to actually go do some year experience and go back into school and, and finish mm-hmm. my PGC course. But I ended up working in school and as, a, as basically doing behaviour support. And I was probably one of the few, very few primary schools that haven't got many guys. So there was very few guys in, in there. I was probably one of the few in the whole school. Um, but then I began to support children, young people, obviously mm-hmm. children. And then uh, I also started using my filmmaking skills as a way to engage them. For example, one child I was working with, he, um, he refused to do his work, being really bad, you know. <laughs> so I said to him, if you just get your work done, you can, go, you can come and do a film with me. Literally 20 minutes later, he, um, he, he basically finished his work, came to me, and we went out and we made a little film together and stuff like that. So I began to use my filmmakers as a way to engage them. I mean, yeah. That's amazing. I, I, again, you, you, I think you, you've tapped into a few things we've really talked about there, but almost from the other side. So the challenges the teachers have, which I think proves a point we were making earlier, that yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really hard to engage people as individuals and to tailor, uh, yeah. and to tailor subjects because there's so many kids to look after and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 and there's so much pressure coming from all sides. And so you felt that, right? Um, but then you also did tap into actually there are times where you are able to do that and you were able to focus on some of the kids who are having particular challenges especially behavioral challenges and say yeah. hey, look i've got something which i think you'll enjoy but let's work out what you can do for us before you get to enjoy that 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 kind yeah. of yeah yeah um it, it's clever it's, it's a really good way of doing it so so, so that was your focus for a while you were working with those kids um, who had behavioral challenges and, and how did that develop and and, and start to move towards where you are now? Well, I basically started doing more film, filming for the school because I knew I had a media degree. So I started to film stuff for the school. I set up a film club in the school, which was very popular. And yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. I remember, I remember taking a child, uh, some children down to uh, a place in Luton called the E-Learning Centre, which had TV studio. I don't actually know where that is, but a lot of our listeners might not be. So yeah, keep, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. It had the TV studio. It had um, MacBook computers, a whole suite. I remember just sitting a child down on the editing suite. He said straight away, "This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for a job." And just, wow. just really encouraged by how inspired um, so many of the children were. But then, well, at one point, they started selling my DVD to the school. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not even getting paid for this. Why are you selling it? <laughs> <laughs> at least they were entrepreneurial, I guess. <laughs> so, so, that, so that made me think, you know, I, I need to set up my own. I need to, one, I set up my own business. And then I set up film workshops, which is about helping young people and children um, through filmmaking, basically. And I'm still doing projects with that. Probably one of the, one of the projects, the first projects I did was one called School Life. And that took a group of um, young people who were at risk of exclusion or had already mm-hmm. been excluded from school. And they were like, between the ages, like, uh, I think the oldest was maybe 10 or 11. Were, no, sorry, from 10 or 11 to about 14, 15. Okay. And so we basically, I taught them how to do interview skills, taught them how to, to um, yeah, film little clips. And they begin to tell their story about school. Often, a lot of it was very negative because of the kind of kids that they were. But um, also they spoke about bullying. So we did a video around tips if you're being bullied, what you can do, tell a trusted adult, 
totally, totally um, your teacher, your parent, and so on. But at the end of the project, the, one of the one of the girls um, who refused to go to school for two years, she, she went back into school after that project. And I was very, yeah, very encouraged. They said she was. Did she did, did she say did she say what the reason was that like what what it was about what you were doing that encouraged her to go back? She didn't. She didn't specifically say what it was, um, but I really feel that part of what um, I did in that in that project was uh, I gave them an opportunity to discuss and talk about their feelings. So around issues around school, I also had a session where we spoke about actions and consequences. But I often I felt some of these kids maybe just, just did something stupid <laughs> and then end up getting kicked out of school. So we did one of the things about actions. What if you do this? What is the potential outcome if you steal this bike? What is the potential outcome for that? Could get a criminal record, could get the guy could see who you stole the bike from, could, could catch you. So we spoke about all those sort of things. And yeah, they had lots of ideas. And, and that girl was very vocal during that discussion group. She spoke about the issues around getting a criminal record, how it could affect your, your ability to get a job, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I think giving them that opportunity to talk and get their feelings off their chest, I think that was one of the one of the one of the things that helped her. That's really powerful. I, it it probably there's probably a lot of people who relate to that. Not just people who not just kids at school, but um, all over the world who think I, I just want to be heard. Mm. And you sat back and said, "Okay, I'm listening." Asked a few questions and then sat back and said, "Okay, I'm listening." But but then you filmed it and you know for for the project purposes, but yeah. To their minds, I guess it was just the fact that they were being listened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's huge. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I was very encouraged. It was one of my first projects. I was nervous seeing the, the, the boss who hired me to do it and stuff, and, and very, very nervous about it. But she was like, "You need to track the rest of them." She's gone back into school. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> I was encouraged. I was really encouraged. There's so much power in listening. It's clear to see that the work our guest Timothy Mason has been doing is worth more than we could ever imagine. I hope you're enjoying listening to this episode of the Storytelling with Pug podcast. Tim has an incredible story, and for each person he interacts with, there are more and more fascinating parts being added every day. He also sees the power in stories for your business. We'll find out more about that soon. First, Tim gives the people in his videos the power to speak something the next voice you'll hear definitely relates to. Jackie Goddard, take it away. My creativity at its best, it's a real exploring, it's a surprising journey. I think creativity is just the the antidote to insanity and it's productive originality. Surprising answers, inspiring stories, motivational, educational, inspirational. Wise Words with Power to Speak the Podcast. Find us on your favourite podcast platform or watch on YouTube at Power to Speak the Podcast with me, Jackie Goddard. So, yeah, I set up creative workshops, but then obviously through networking and meeting lots of different business, businesses, I realised actually there's an opportunity to create videos for businesses as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, how I, um, that's why I set up creative business videos as well. Okay, and so let's go through the two businesses and the different sides then of, of, of kind of what they're both doing now and, and how you split your time between them. So creators' business videos, 
don't know why I couldn't say that, creative business videos, um, is, uh, is the, the newer of the, of the projects and, and yeah, the businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've really talked a little bit about the fact that you're currently focusing on the construction industry, but that's not, that's just one area that you're focusing on or in terms of a sector. But in reality, that's all about, that's all about stories. Yes. But do you have, when you're, when you're working with these companies, do you have a way that you approach them or um, do you have your own stories, I guess, that you use to, to kind of get some of these companies on board? Yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a framework that often that I use. So initially it starts off with like the initial start. So where do you want to start with your story? So if they're a business owner, they can maybe start with, well, how, how, how did they get to the place of setting up this business? So they could speak maybe a bit about their childhood. They could speak about their early career. And then they talk about what I would call a pit. So the pit is basically a place where your things have gone wrong for you. <laughs> you there's been a setback. There's been an yeah. issue. So, for example, my pit was maybe not being that great at school, not knowing what I want to do. And then, so I begin to search. So maybe they, they look for different, try different jobs, do different roles, still not happy, still not satisfied. And then, and then they overcome they they find that actually you know what I, I know what i want to do i want to set up my own business and then they talk about all well, the reasons why they set up their own business and it goes from there there's often like so beginning part then it's like a a, a pit uh, a pit issue and then it's search and then mm -hmm. it's, it's then it's solution after that so i take them through like those kind of steps Okay, that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and so it gives them a bit of an understanding as well of what you're going to do before you start just filming something and saying, "Yeah, uh, we need a story." Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're right down the main. Like, I'll work on that. So they, we say, "Okay, what's your, what's going to be your pit moment? What's going to be your start? Where do you want to start? Maybe it's not appropriate to start right back at your childhood. <laughs> Maybe it's what you yeah, want to yeah. start. <laughs> well, when I was two, I remember. I remember my birth really well. Um, <laughs> it was tra it was traumatic for my mum, but it was worse for me. <laughs> yeah, so, I haven't been right really. You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, just but where do you want to start, and then go through that. You know, that even yeah, I remember talking. I didn't do a story for this guy, but I remember talking to someone and. He started that when he lost his job at, at a big manufacturing company. And then what he didn't know what to do, this and that, a risk of losing his house, all this sort of stuff. And then he ended up setting up his own business. Uh, and then he went from there. So, fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, I think the main thing is just having, you know, clear points about what you want to share in your story and cover that. Because obviously, you need to tailor your story for, like, different, for different audiences, you know. If I was maybe doing my story in front of a group of school children, I would, I would talk probably a lot more about my school experience, talk a lot more about the things, the challenges I went through. But hopefully that would give them hope. They <laughs> 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 could achieve something. And then, and then share a little bit more about where I'm going now and, and what, I, what I'm hoping to really achieve in my, in my future. And some yeah, of the mistakes I've made as well. I would talk about that as well. You know? As we are on a storytelling podcast, if you if you if you if you don't mind, you you don't have to go into this. But what 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 are some of those mistakes? Yeah, well, tons tons of mistakes I've made in um in my in my in my business or in my career development or however you want to put it is um okay one sometimes we can think that we're inventing sometimes we can think that we're inventing the wheel you know 
reality is <laughs> there's other people doing similar stuff. So I would say connect with people that are doing maybe similar things to you and connect with people that are further ahead than you. Um, so you can really learn and grow. Um, get advice, ask people, ask people, you know, build your network. Because really, I mean, often we can, um, uh, you look at sometimes people that are really high up, like the eyes and, they, and you say how they're, they're, they're part of a clique and they get that person got that job from his cousin or that job he knows his wife or whatever. But, but that's the network, you know? So rather than complain about it, <laughs> we need to build our own network of people who can help you out. You know, I really think we need often three people, three types of people in our network, people that are further ahead than us, our peers, and also people that are, um, who are maybe not, who are, are up and coming, you know? Yeah. So get that work experience, get that um, student or that, or that person just graduated. So you can, you can give back, you can invest in them, you can help them, you know? And then also, but also reach up to the people who you know are further ahead than you to gain advice and insight. So I think that's a mistake I made. I, sometimes I stuck, kept to my little bubble too much, um, but and now I'm, I'm really breaking out more, building my network, reaching out to people a lot more. And, it, and I've, been, I've been really helped by that. That's probably one of the, one of the best things, actually, the people that I've connected with, people that I've met. I mean, the fact even on this podcast is, is because, it's because of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a meeting, of a, net, you know, mm. of a network, you know. So, yeah, that sort of thing. And I think as well, thinking... Sometimes we can think we have to f- wait until we feel ready before we do anything. I think we just need to step out and, and give it a go. I've stepped out and I've made mistakes, but I've learned and then I've moved, at least I've moved forward. You know, sometimes I think we can wait. I can wait until I'm, when I wait until I'm perfect before I do anything. But you've got to step out, give it a go, learn and continue to develop. So I think that's, that's another mistake as well. There's a few people actually who, who, who talk about um, the uh, the importance of failure. Um, if you've never failed, you've never tried. I think it's uh, it's a bit of a cliche saying that, but there's so much truth to it. it, it it's if if you don't if you don't give something your all, then the chances are you might succeed at doing something halfway, but actually that doesn't really get you anywhere. So yeah. it, what kind of success is it? Is kind of the question. It's it's good to fail and and um, but but it's hard. It's hard to get your mentality into that. And and you mentioned earlier not wanting to reach out to to people in in different worlds. You wanted to keep to your own bubble because uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on this. But but the way I see it, and I've had this, and I'm sure lots of other people have had this. There's there's a bit of a fear involved sometimes of oh, what if I make a what if I do make a mistake? So you don't want to reach out to people. Was that part of the reason you didn't reach out and and made that mistake? Uh, I just think well, you know, something I learned about. It's something to like a confidence sometimes, but one thing I've learned mm. is that, you know, confidence is, is earned. You know, people that are very, very confident at something, they've, they've earned it. They've, they've, if you're confident at writing or you're confident at telling stories, it's because you've probably told hundreds or, or a thousand stories. Yeah. If you're confident at, 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 at maybe playing, doing the football, it's because you've you practiced that thing <laughs> against a wall a hundred times or a thousand times. So what I realised is that confidence is, 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 is earned. And so I think it's about yeah, I can't wait. You've got to keep stepping out and keep improving and developing like that, you know. Yeah, and keep trying. And I guess um, understand that when you get, when you you do get kicked and you do fall back a little bit, that, that that's okay. And, and again, you see, it's very easy for us to say this on the podcast, talking to each other now. I know there'll be yeah. people listening who will say, 
yeah, all right, you get the hit that I've had and then you come back from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> because people will go through so many different things. There will be people going through, like the story you mentioned at the beginning, somebody who's gone through really severe domestic um, abuse and people who have gone through um, the loss of family and people who have gone through um, being made redundant five times in two years just because of circumstances that had nothing to do with them. There's all of these different things that people go through. And they'll go, yeah, you talk about failing is good, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a struggle. But so it, it, it can seem easy for us to say this, but I guess the reason I'm, I'm mentioning these things is that to me is a bit where stories come in. When you're watching and you're sharing stories of people who do manage to have these struggles and do come through, do you think that makes a difference to your own mentality? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the power. Really, what, what I think the next point is is another thing. I think is really good is is, is community. I mean, that's that's mm. really what we often say. I think we're lacking that sense of community. But if you have a community of people around you, when you do fall, there's people that could can advise you, people that can encourage you, you know, can help you back up. You know, I mean, I think sometimes, especially with business owners, we can act like you know we're inventing a wheel, and yeah. and, and, and and we're like a solo solo. Like Rambo, where we are, but the reality is that doesn't work. We all we all need other people to help us. You know, people have helped me a lot. I've got received business support. Um, I've received words of wisdom from people who, who who are further ahead than me. We we all need people, and and we that's why community is, is such a powerful thing. And talking about community, so we we've mentioned that you're running almost two two businesses or two two big projects at least. Anyway, so you've got the uh, the business side of things, and then you've got the the the, the school kids um, support side of things. Those are almost two separate communities, but do they overlap in your work and um, and kind of in your life at all? Um, do they overlap? Yeah, um, sometimes. I mean, sometimes they have sort of. They have sort of um, overlap. For example, I was was um, promoting my services through uh, a, 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 an organisation that runs that basically supports care homes and people that do supported living. So I was initially talking about just creating a video for them, but I said I, I said to them, well, I also do workshops. So mm-hmm. they they work with people that have kind of like mental health issues. You know, they're also in supported living accommodation, so they've got mental health issues and so on. And so um, part of that was me actually maybe creating a work, doing a workshop for them and supporting those young, or not even young people, but supporting those people in that. So that's where it sort of overlaps in terms of doing a workshop for, for more adults and people that maybe have additional needs and so on. Um, but same, you know, I mean, I did, I did actually a, a, a workshop, it was, was for creative film workshops for um, the, the elderly. So these mm-hmm. are people that were in care homes. They were, I think, they were around the ages of, I think, sixteen to maybe sixty. I don't know, sixty, seventy, in that sort of age bracket, you know, yeah. um, maybe even older. <laughs> but, but um, I thought, you know, what, they're going to think this is all kiddish stuff. You know, I don't think they're going to like this sort of thing. They had like green screen. We did a quiz show, just like just like I would do with primary school kids. You know, uh-huh. I, I chose more like adult questions. You know, for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, not you know, not who's your favourite telly tubby. Yeah. <laughs> I know who. I know. I got the MacBook out as well. They're doing little special effects on the MacBook. Which is, I do the same thing with, with eight, nine-year-olds, but they loved it. They loved it. Brilliant. I showed them how to do interviews. They were interviewing each other about their lives as well. They loved it. So 
one guy he had um he for a stroke he, he only had produced one hand and okay. um he was uh one lady she was blind in one eye as well but they loved it they loved it you know, so Incredible. I, I think it all um, it all falls back in, in into uh, the same kind of themes. I think that's possibly why people love it in general. Is is again you talked about it earlier the theme of community, the theme of um, empowering each other, the theme of support. And because you were there and you were engaging with them, it doesn't matter how how old they are. Of course, if you'd gone in there. And started talking about I don't know Scooby Doo, um, Teletubbies, and uh, you know they might have gone. Hang on a minute, uh, <laughs> I've never even heard of the Teletubbies. Or <laughs> but but if you if you're going in there and and you're still doing a lot of the same themes and activities, but basing it on more applicable yeah. uh, references for them, then then you you can engage and you can get something out of them, which is yeah yeah no, definitely. Just, for me, it's like the first time doing that sort of thing. So I was just a bit oh no, I don't know how it's going to play. <laughs> I hope they're patronising them and this and that. I would have to be my 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 dad and granddad, you know. <laughs> and they loved it. They loved it. They gave me great feedback, and I was really encouraged by it. You know. That's incredible. And, 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 and throughout that process, did you did you get to hear any of their stories? And you, you mentioned one person who had a stroke, and, and yeah. what were some of the other stories that that they told you? Because I find um, there's often a lack of engagement with older people, and yet they've had more experience and more life than any of us. So they're the people who've got the best stories. <laughs> um, so, so what did you find out? What did you? Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, they did have opportunities to to talk talk about a lot of them. They were because I mean they were quite a close knit group because they all lived together. So well, they were just mocking yeah. each other, <laughs> mocking each other, and, and making fun of each other. About. Which is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they really, but but they were asking them questions about maybe their family, about their, their their children and stuff like that. A lot of it was around that kind of thing, really, and what their interests were, their hobbies were, and stuff like that. That's what they were talking a bit more about. As well as just okay, mocking nice. each other a lot, which is just hilarious. I can imagine they do it every day. One lady was mocking me as well. I, was just, I, 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 I didn't know how to take it because she was like, yeah, like, a lot more older than me and stuff. I was like, is she being serious or what? I was just like, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, and so and so also you, you you did you feel a little bit like you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't fight back because if you if you, if, you, if you're being what you always have to just say okay you're older than me I respect you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah I know I know I'm, I'm just trying to be professional and and, and respectful yeah I bet, but I bet. it was a good time yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, that's brilliant that's brilliant um, so. It, it, you, you, you've kind of pieced together now and, and it's been absolutely fascinating. I've loved every moment of finding out kind of where you came from, how you managed to, um, I guess, you, you you almost spoke about your own almost hero's journey, the, the challenges that you had at school, the academic challenges that you had at school, um, and then how you managed to turn that around and how you managed to go to university, how you had a focus and something to learn. You had a challenge, you had a, a goal. And then we've taken that to where you are now. We've run into businesses and actually almost going full circle and supporting other kids who need that support um, and also supporting businesses who, 
I think your business and our and, and our business have have similar goals is the, the, to to support businesses who are brilliant at what they do but don't know how to tell anyone about it. <laughs> so you're helping those businesses too in a, in, a, in a similar way, and 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 I've absolutely loved um, all of that. But the central theme has been um, stories, which is obviously the central theme of our podcast as well. You mentioned a few of them already, but is there one particular story that is always kind of running around in the back of your mind that it's either your own story or something you've heard or something you've seen that you just think, oh, I just need to get this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just goes again about this, about, um, about young people again. I mean, but for example, I remember doing a, a project with a group of young people who had kind of anxiety, mental health kind of issues. Some of them would struggle to, to um, even come out, basically come to some of the lessons, but they but they they came to my my workshop every every week, and we basically I gave them a theme. So the theme that I gave them was determination, and they could create any film around that theme. And they put it into video games. They did it around Minecraft, trying to get to the level <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. But but they you know they created the film. They they did the different roles. The, the one person was a camera person. One person directed. One person was in charge of writing the script. There's only only like four of them. But they, they created a film at the end and then they ended up presenting it. So they invited their parents, um, social workers, the, the head of the school came to it. And then they actually were able to then present this film and talk about what they, they've learned about it. But in doing that, um, yeah, I mean, I could see one of the guys who's, who's, who's literally like shaking with nervousness about the whole thing. But, I, but I, in my mind, I was like, you know, I've got to put you out. You've got to, got to rise up to the challenge you know and yeah he was a bit nervous you know maybe even more nervous because his anxiety and so on but he, he did it he spoke about what he learned he, he said about how he enjoyed learned the skills and what, what he got out of it he, he pressed play and and, and 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 showed the film that they all made and yeah it was a great um, opportunity for them you know so that was something that i thought was really really encouraging because they were these were children that have or young people these were like between the age of 14 to 16 these young people that have a lot of challenges in their life, but they were able to come out every week to my workshop and create something which we could show, you know. So yeah, that, that that's probably the, one of the, one of the kind of stories that, that I have, you know. It's powerful. And I, I think what I take as well is from that story is is all the other people it impacted. So it impacted directly also the, the kids who were involved. Yeah. But it also impacted the social workers who came to see them, the parents who came to see them, it impacted you. Yeah, um, the, the the teachers and that's to me is what stories do. It, 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 if if I write a story, I'm just in the process of writing. It's impacting me in some way. Mm. But then, when people read that story, um, even if the impact is God, I never want to read any of his stories again. They're so boring. There's still an impact <laughs> that people have, you know, have seen something and and felt something, and I think that's it usually then forms um, or evolves into building connections, and I, I think that's what you do really well um, with all of your workshops and and all of your videos. So. Um, I would, I would like to offer you a little bit of praise and say well done for everything you've done because I think it's fantastic and, and, and the business sounds incredible and the work that you do with the kids sounds incredible. Um, but also there will be other people who will be thinking, okay, get on with it. How do I find this guy? I need to hire him. Um, so can you please let them know where they can find you? 
Yeah, we, um, also I'm quite, I mean, you can use me on LinkedIn, you can find LinkedIn under, under Timothy Mason, or you go to, go to www.creativebusinessvideos.co.uk, that's my website, all my uh, business, all my business details are there. I'm based in Luton, but I can, you know, I can travel, um, yeah, travel anywhere really to, to create that video. Amazing. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people uh, taking you up on that. Um, but for now, once again, thank you so, so much for coming on the Storytelling with Podcast. If I can pronounce the name of my own show. Thank you so much for coming on to the Storytelling with Doug podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and we will, as always, end the episode with a story. I read an end-of-year report from an old English teacher the other day. There were some positive words, but I couldn't help but focus on the negatives. They stung, even all these years later. He always writes the same thing, it said. If I'm honest, I'm not sure what I always wrote about, but my teacher's comments were probably true. I should say I was only about eight or nine years old at the time. There were a few things I loved, and I loved to write about them. Football, computer games, and spending time with my friends down the street. It would go a little something like this. Today I got up, I went to school, then I did some lessons and had break time. At break time we played football, but it was only for a few minutes because we had more lessons. At lunchtime we played for much longer, we ate and played some more. It was really fun. The above isn't an actual story, but it'll give you an understanding of my interests and style at the time. I've been going through some old documents and reports, which is where I found that English review. A little deeper and I found some songs I wrote a few years later. The themes had changed, although friendship still played a part. As I read, I wondered how I ever managed to pass any exams with such awful spelling and grammar. I think I improved in formal essays. Writing songs was all about getting my pen to paper as quickly as possible. Nobody was reading them, that they might listen once per year when I was brave enough to perform, but Nobody was reading them. Still, something was niggling. How did I ever become a writer with standards like this? I'm not an author or a grammatist, but my words do need to resonate. My stories do need to connect. At the very least, I need to create a piece that makes sense. My clients wouldn't hire me. My clients wouldn't hire Puck Creations. If my writing was bad, what happened? Maybe nothing happened, I thought. Maybe I'm still an awful writer. Maybe I've chosen the wrong path. Maybe I should stop all of this right now. Thankfully, I have a wonderful partner who brought me back down to earth. These were your 10,000 hours, she said. You are only the writer you are now because of the mistakes you made, because of the advice your teachers gave, because you never stopped writing. As usual, she had a point. In fact, she was, as usual, right. Even now, even reading this to you years later, as a professional, I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to read back on this work years later. And I'll probably still see all of my errors. 
but there's no point in dwelling on them. Some good friends and fellow writers often say similar things about the work we're currently doing. They say, It's okay to give ourselves an honest critique, but honesty means seeing the positives too. I continue to read the reports, my exam results as well. When I took off the blindfold, I realised that my reports were positive and my results were too. I was given notes, as every child was. I learned from them, and I'm still learning. My greatest lesson this time is to remember who I am and why I do what I do. My work produces positive results for my clients. There's a whole process involved in making sure I'm getting it right. Writing, rewriting, editing, proofreading, receiving feedback, acting on that feedback and more. But that's not why I do what I do. I write because I love to write. I work with my clients because I love to see how the combination of words I create makes their audience think, feel and take action. I do not write perfectly and I never will. But tell me this. Who does? You've just been listening to an episode of the Storytelling with Puck podcast. Your support keeps our podcast going, so please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. Subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episodes and never forget the importance of sharing your stories.